got that uh, full disclosure music. Where's that sunshine music? Ah. I'm not going to be able to Chris find doesn't, it in time. Chris doesn't play that. Oh, he doesn't? He doesn't. I thought he did. Yeah. That's he's... a good tune. I like the mix. What can you say? Greg Bishop in for Chris Murphy, who's on vacation till next week. Much needed. Jim Leach now in the newsroom, and we are joined by the Better Government Association's David Grising. Gentlemen. David, good morning. Welcome. President and CEO of the BGA here with us each week on the morning news feed for full disclosure. Uh, obviously, state government is dealing with issues that it never would have imagined a year ago. That's where we want to start this morning with the latest fast-moving developments on uh, COVID-19. The governor reimposing some new restrictions on the Metro East area yesterday. Court battle still continuing. David, bring us up to speed. Right. Uh, this reimposition of restrictions on uh, the area in the southwest part of the state uh just east of St. Louis, is in part sort of a defensive response to what's happening in Missouri and the high positivity rates in Missouri. Missouri is seeing 11.2% of people who are tested being tested positive compared to Illinois' 4.2%. And Governor Pritzker is really just concerned about people going back and forth and spreading the disease here in Illinois. And so he has reimposed some, some restrictions, not terrible ones, uh, you know, limiting restaurant hours, for example, uh, limiting, uh, organ you can't have, have more than 25% capacity. But he also has warned that if things don't improve, uh, he's going to, in, you know, perhaps even reimpose even tighter sanctions. So it's a big move. It's a setback for the state, because this marks the first time that we've seen uh, uh, restrictions or, or uh, freedoms take, taken away after they were lifted, uh, after some of the restrictions were lifted because of the improvement the state made earlier this year. You know, and, and that's not the only area of the state that is facing this prospect. Region 5, which is southeastern Illinois, they've seen their positivity rates climbing. The overall state positivity rate is inching up there. Uh, but but what's, uh, you know, what what looks from this perspective, David, is that uh, we, we could see some pushback to this. As you noted, uh, we've been gradually lifting restrictions a little bit at a time for the last several months. This is the first time we've had to reimpose something. You just wonder how people are going to react when they've had a taste of a little more freedom and then that starts to get rolled back again. Well, that's a really good question, Jim. I, I do wonder, uh, because especially in the southern part of the state, where the political pushback has been relatively strong, uh, it, it will raise questions about compliance. On the other hand, I think the narrative that is developing nationally, given what has happened in some of these southern states like Texas and Florida and Arizona, uh, I think there's a greater awareness that these masks really make a big deal and that these uh, make a di big difference and that these restrictions also uh, do help pre prevent the spread of COVID. I feel like the mindset of people is at a different place than where it was a few weeks ago when we had Representative uh, Darren Bailey suing uh, to prevent imposition of the order, a judge ruling that, uh, and being overturned, a judge ruling that Governor Pritzker's powers to do this expired, et cetera. There are legal battles going on in addition to the way voters might react. Uh, David Grising, uh, president and CEO of the Better Government Association with us here. One of the great features on the BGA website is the PolitiFact Illinois Fact Check Service. And with a, a lot of discussion right now, including earlier this morning here on the morning news feed about voting by mail, 
Uh, and a lot of uh, social media uh, information and misinformation floating out around about this. Uh, David, the BGA and PolitiFact took a look at one of the, uh, the th- threads, the themes that we're seeing a lot in social media about the uh, supposed uh, easy ability to uh, commit fraud in vote by mail. Walk us through it. Yeah, the latest is that um, this this posting that went viral about a couple in Illinois who received five uh, email ballot application, five mail ballot applications, and the implication was that they would fraudulently be able to vote five times just these two people. That that is just outright false. Uh, yes, they they received multiple applications for a variety of reasons relating to the fact that they had registered in a couple of different prior elections. Uh, but when they actually send in those applications and ask for a ballot, that's the point at which uh, county election officials uh, match signatures and make certain that uh, not you know that we aren't sending too many ballots out, et cetera. So uh, you know this whole idea that mail-in voting uh, is is you know lends itself to fraud is just not proven by the facts. I did a column about this a while back, and there's an academic study that looked at elections from 2000 to, through 2012, and it found that among billions and billions of votes that were cast during all those elections, only 491 fraud charges. Uh, so this this is just really um, you know a lot of political rhetoric going on about, about mail-in balloting, but there's no evidence that mail-in voting is a source of voter fraud. And this latest Facebook uh, posting was just another uh, kind of false claim among many. Want to go check it out at the BGA website. Obviously, we have local election officials like Don Gray working hard on this to make sure that this does uh, come off uh, appropriately and that all the ballots cast are valid. But it's a good read, so check it out. Dave, before we let you go, uh, obviously, the state still mourning the passing of our longtime Former Governor Jim Thompson, he's being uh, appropriately remembered as a a giant of Illinois politics, uh, somebody who was really a larger-than-life sort of a figure. Uh, Obviously, he he also had his his moments. He was uh, one of the most um, capable practitioners of political patronage that the state has ever seen as well. So what do you think Jim Thompson's legacy is going to be? Well, he was physically larger than life, and his legacy is going to be uh, partly a governor who could cross the political aisle and get things done. And for the, the, one of the highlights was the getting the preventing the White Sox from moving out of Chicago. He literally was on the floor of the state house collecting votes to make that happen, and they literally st- stopped the clock in order to hold up a midnight deadline to get that thing done. That's always one of the most memorable things. The other thing that we must remember him for, though, is he was there and was part of signing the three percent compounded pension payments to state uh, retirees. That has become the bane of finance in Illinois. Uh, in, in Illinois, it has been the really more than any single action what has led to the pension disaster that we are that we are facing right now. His overall record as governor, he did some incredible stuff. He was larger than life. He was a very popular uh, governor during those four terms. Uh, but that one singular mistake is is a really costly one, uh, and we're still paying for it today. Uh, and with that, we're out of time. We'll do it again next Wednesday morning. Full disclosure here. David, real quickly, 15 seconds. How do people reach you in the BGA the rest of the time? 
I'm Deke Rising at BetterGov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org. And our website is BetterGov.org. We'll talk to you next Wednesday morning here on the Morning News. Thanks, David.